Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next edition of the PwC TaxBite podcast series. And today we will talk about tax control frameworks, a very important and hot topic nowadays. And for that, I invited uh, three colleagues of our tax reporting and strategy team in my virtual recording studio. And that is Martin, Annelies and Nicolas. Uh, very welcome, uh, all three of you. I invited you because um, you have experience with the implementation and design of tax control frameworks. And uh, of course, this links to the ever-increasing uh, tax governance in general, I would say. So um, in this podcast, I would like to explore uh, with you a little bit the uh, impact and importance of tax control frameworks. And, and later on, we also will talk about more practical and uh, how do you approach this um, as a company. Um, but to start uh, off, I would say, Annelies, can you share a bit what is a tax control framework actually about? Yes, thank you, Peter, and uh, hello, everyone. Um, I think there are actually many definitions of a tax control framework, eh? but generally it is defined as a set of internal processes, uh, internal control procedures, ensuring that the company's tax risks are known and controlled. Uh, it's a framework within an organization that brings together the organization's systems, uh, its processes, its people, in order to ensure accuracy and completeness of data and of all internal and external tax reporting obligations. I really think it's very important to understand that an effective tax control framework is, is not something that just exists on its own. On the contrary, it should really be part of the overall internal control framework of a company. Um, also, the objective of a tax control framework is to help companies be in control of their taxes. But even more important for me, per today, it helps evidence that the company is in control. Eh? You should not only be in control, no, you should also be able to evidence that towards your stakeholders, uh, be it your internal stakeholders, such as the board or the audit committee, but also towards your internal stakeholders, such as investors, tax authorities, uh, the public in general. Okay, thanks, Anli. So now that we defined a little bit what a tax control framework is, let's talk about why, why it has become so important, because this is clearly not a new concept. Eh? It has been around for many years. Um, so why why do we notice this uh, increased amount of attention, Annelise? Yeah, and, and you were right, Peter, a tax control framework, uh, an internal control framework in general, uh, have become very important for groups, mainly since the introduction of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act uh, in 2002 already. Eh? So it's been around for a couple of years, as you say. Um, since 2002, especially US groups uh, subject to these rules have already applied certain tax accounting and direct tax controls and processes within their internal control framework. Now, now, since a couple of years, especially a couple of months, we really experienced that groups around the world, eh, not only US groups, but around the world, regardless of their location, their business, their size, are putting tax governance as one of the main priorities on their agenda. And they really start focusing on the design and implementation of tax processes and controls. Uh, and this can be for all tax types, eh, for corporate income tax, VAT, uh, payroll tax, customs, even local taxes, uh, depending on what is important for that group. Okay, um, so indeed, a very, very important topic. It becomes more and more relevant. And when I talk with companies, uh, Annelies, I also hear that uh, the, the, the board is raising the question on tax control framework. So the topic is finding its way to the agenda of the boards. Is that also something you notice? And, and why would that be? 
Yeah, indeed, we, we, we noticed that taxes uh, have become more and more important within organization, uh, as you say, evolving to a boardroom topic. Um, and, and we see that the tax function has really transformed from, from what I would call a back office compliance function towards a proactive strategic business partner. Uh, we see that management, tax management eh, needs to report to the audit committee on a regular basis nowadays, to the board, they need to report on certain top tax topics, uh, they need to report on what the tax risks are, uh, how do they manage these risks. Um, but alternatively, I think the board sometimes also envisages certain business restructurings and they really want the tax team to answer proactively what the tax impact will be of that restructuring. So clients come to us for help in ensuring that they can communicate uh, with their stakeholders in an accurate, in a consistent way, uh, using real-time data uh, in an efficient way. Um, we also see another driver eh, that drives the implementation of tax control frameworks, and, and this has to do with the various legal transparency, transparency requirements popping up uh, in Belgium, in Europe, around the world. Eh, just think about Tax 6, Tax 7, uh, Tax 8 popping up, uh, public country-by-country country reporting, and, and groups are really struggling to deal with this spiderweb of increased complex reporting obligations and are looking for robust tax processes and controls to avoid penalties and to avoid public scrutiny for being non-compliant. Okay, uh, thanks, Alice. And of course, uh, I see the point on being compliant, being in control, but nowadays uh, a lot is being said also about sustainability. And, and although, yeah, sustainability uh, has been around for many years, also tax seems to come uh, part of that sustainability footprint discussion. Um, Martin, let me turn to you um, with two questions. Eh? First, uh, uh, do you see this as well, that tax is becoming relevant for sustainability? And, and secondly, do you see a link with this discussion we have on tax control frameworks? Uh, thanks, Peter, and, 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 and thanks for having us uh, on your podcast. Um, on, on your two questions, in, indeed, we see more and more organizations that, that do need to report on their sustainability programs or that want to uh, report on their environmental, social and governance impact, the impact of their businesses. And, and indeed, what you see is that really taxes climbing on this agenda, because face it, there is a, a direct correlation between tax and sustainability. Yeah? Paying the right, right amount of tax in locations where you clearly create value, enables local authorities to obtain funds, and those funds are used to, um, uh, to set out sustainable official policies. So ESG reporting now also starts requiring companies to report or at least think uh, uh, about uh, the societal impact of their tax operating model and strategy. And so companies need to reflect on what are my tax risks, how do I govern tax within the organization, and, and what actually is the impact of uh, my tax policies on wider society. And, and we all know ESG is really a hot topic, and, and we also see that evolution in, in, in the European Union as well, uh, with the proposed directive on sustainable reporting requirements. And, and that directive just lays out additional requirements to report on, on certain ESG elements uh, of companies. But at this stage, there is not yet a, a literal literal reference to tax in there, but, but we clearly anticipate that this will come in the near future. And, and so 
Next to the uh, evolutions within the EU, we also have the global reporting initiatives, uh, also called GRI. And, and recently in, in the GRI standards, uh, there has been a text standard uh, introduced being GRI 207. And so organizations that consider tax as a material topic uh, to their stakeholders and, and are reporting under GRI in other domains, they will have to implement transparent reporting on their tax uh, uh, organization. And so the guidelines explicitly state that they will need to report on certain tax topics as such as um, their tax strategy, uh, their tax governance, and their tax risk management. And Reporting on the tax control framework in place within the organization is, is also a requirement of GRI 207. And so evidently, when making public statements uh, about the tax function, it, it is really crucial that taxpayers can evidence these statements based on actual data. And a tax control framework, to come back to your uh, question, Peter, really helps taxpayers to be in control for one thing, and ensure that the statements they make towards the public uh, are actually accurate and, and consistent. A, a third point I want to bring to the agenda uh, next to your two questions, Peter, is um, in the slipstream of all these uh, developments, a lot of companies are, are preparing or are analyze, uh, analyzing their total tax contribution. And I would say in the past, uh, maybe those reports uh, have been primarily used in a more defensive mode, uh, a, a bit of, yes, we may as a company be a bit aggress aggressive in certain tax planning structures, but please see what we what the total amount of taxes we pay globally. Now, nowadays, a total tax contribution can really help uh, backing up sustainability claims. And, and, and those claims uh, are made by specific disclosures that are even um, made alongside or even in uh, financial reports. Um, we as PwC, we, we have developed a total tax contribution model uh, that helps organizations building and, 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 and demonstrating uh, their total tax contribution story. Now, for me, being transparent on tax is, is the best way to make certain ESG com commitments one visible to make them verifiable and, and and three also assess these so i'm i'm really convinced that we will only see an increase in total tax contribution disclosures uh, in the coming years but uh, peter i do realize i could uh, could ramble on for an hour uh, on this topic but maybe we need to keep that for another podcast so back to you yeah, thanks, Martin. And uh, no, no, it's very interesting uh, what what you are explaining and the links that you are making eh, with the broader sustainability debate. So I think for the listeners, it's quite clear what the benefits can be of a tax control framework at this point. Um, but one quick question, Annelies, is it also not sometimes an legal obligation to have a tax control framework? Yeah, uh, good point, Peter. Um, we do see a couple, uh, not too many, but there are a couple of countries where having a tax control framework is is, is mandatory or, let's say, required to some certain uh, extent. Uh, however, what we see a lot more is that many tax authorities around the world are initiating cooperative tax compliance programs within their countries. Um, this is really a new approach by the tax authorities in which they would like to stop from, from having this uh, aggressive 
conflict-based approach. Eh, let's say they, they come in uh, retroactively after a couple of years uh, in order to verify in detail each uh, data point in, in your tax return. Nowadays, within the cooperative tax compliance programs, they would really like to change that and to move towards uh, more collaboration, more trust between the taxpayer and the tax authorities, and, and where uh, both parties communicate together upfront to the filing of the tax return in a very transparent way about their tax issues and positions taken. Now, uh, in order to step into such cooperative tax compliance program, most countries, also Belgium, require the taxpayer to have a robust internal tax control framework. And so in the intake procedure, the tax authorities will really verify the maturity of the tax control framework before allowing the taxpayer to step into the program. Now, I think, Peter, what's even more interesting, and this is really uh, very new, is that in Belgium, we see that those principles of the corporate tax compliance program and, and of having a tax control framework in general are gradually finding their way to also our normal corporate income tax and VAT audits in the sense that during these normal audits, tax inspectors are increasingly focused on tax processes and internal risk management procedures. And this is demonstrated by a recent change to the questionnaire issued by the Belgian tax authorities at the kickoff of a tax audit. I think in the past, the questionnaire was more about what are your disallowed expenses, what is your bad debt, what are your provisions, uh, maybe some questions about material fixed assets. Then a couple of years ago, we noticed that more and more questions are coming on providing uh, data downloads, uh, dumps of data downloads. And now, just two months ago, we noticed the third section, a new section, which actually says, Okay, describe your tax control framework. Do you have a tax control framework? Describe your tax processes. How uh, are you dealing with risks? So it's really a, a new evolution and evidently taxpayers, given they only have 30 days time to answer uh, to such questionnaire, should be ready to provide a, a correct and accurate answer to those questions. Okay, thanks, Ali. So not only uh lots of benefits of having a tax control framework but sometimes also a obligation to have it that's very interesting um let's let's move a little bit more to the to the practical impact and and an approach for tax control frameworks and i think nicolas there's something i want to to ask you to 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 talk a little bit about uh, because many of the listeners are probably thinking okay i see the benefits but how do i approach it what are the steps i take to, to create a tax control framework. Can you, you shed some light uh, for the listeners on how this is typically approached? Yeah, sure, Peter. And uh, hello from my side as well. So th there is indeed uh, OECD guidance on, on the six main building blocks of a tax control framework. But in fact, we note that clients are really struggling to bring these building blocks to life within their organization. Um, in first instance, we think it's very important to find out what are the drivers and discussed uh, at the beginning of the podcast. So what are the drivers for the implementation of a tax control framework within the organization? This will help to shape the design requirements of a tax control framework and also ultimately uh, making sure that the objectives are achieved. So it is afterwards important to identify what we call the as-is environment and the to-be environment. So what does the company already have in place when it comes to tax processes and controls and where does the organization want to go to? When you have this as 
is state and to be state, you can in fact identify a roadmap to achieve the to be state. We we in fact split this up and this roadmap in, in quick wins versus long-term improvement plans. It is important to understand that the tax control framework implementation is a project of continuous improvement. Um, what I mean with this, uh, it is important to set a realistic to be state, let's say. You cannot expect uh, to go from a non-existing control environment within your organization to a fully effective tax control framework within, for example, one year. So the key to success uh, in, in the design is, is to set realistic and manageable to be state. And, and once you have achieved this, uh, identify the next steps for a new to be state. In this way, we gradually and continuously improve the maturity of your tax control framework in a sustainable way and, and that makes sure that uh, you have enough uh, or sufficient resources resources and budget constraints okay okay i get it so you you start uh, identifying your as this your to be and then of course you have the roadmap to to achieve uh, the to be and i guess it's also more about yeah, as long as you you keep pushing the pedals, you move forward in the right direction. Eh? Um, can you explain a bit more, Nicolas? How do you identify this as is and to be state? Yeah, sure. So we we have let's call it the best practice approach, eh, wherein we we typically start from a risk based approach. So we start a project with the identification of existing risks within the organization that are let's say inherent to the business and map those risks with controls and measurements that are already in place. So together with our client, we start from a risk library um, in which we discuss the risks uh, uh, and create a so-called risk and control matrix. This risk and control matrix, in fact, qualifies the gross and net risks within the uh, organization and identifies the current control measurements in place. Another important step, of course, is mapping roles and responsibilities. Who does what and when? And, and, and it's, not, uh, it's important to not forget uh, the people uh, beside tax, huh? uh, also other people within the organization uh, whose actions can have a potential impact uh, should be uh, considered. So having identified the key uh, risks, the next step is to identify tax processes and document these uh, processes via flowcharts or, or Excel files. Within this phase, uh, we, we from PwC, we, we bring especially additional value by redesigning the tax processes to, to make them more efficient uh, by implementing, for example, some best practices controls or by testing the effectiveness of the controls and evidencing the outcome. So to drive efficiencies, we are really looking for some quick wins. And, and key in all of that is, is to use some small automation techniques, techniques or, for example, some advanced technology. Um, so in practice, we see that many of our clients are looking for some automation opportunities um, and implement those within a tax control framework project, such as, for example, an automated gap to start tax process, ERP models or e-invoicing. So that are all uh, small automation opportunities uh, we can tackle. Okay, thanks Nicolas for sharing that and, and giving a bit of insights in, in, in the practical uh, approach to a tax control framework. 
Um, I still have many questions, but I'm afraid we are reaching the end of this uh, this podcast now. Um, so um, before I close, I wanted to ask uh, you, Annelies, perhaps, if you can uh, give one last message or one last piece of advice for the listeners. So, uh, I give you one minute. <laughs> okay, thank you, Peter. Um, well, let's then just say uh, we are currently really helping many of our clients increase the maturity of their overall tax control framework. Uh, now, as Nicolas explained, th this cannot be done in, in one day. Uh, some make it an overall tax control framework project. Many others choose to really do this in a phased approach and tackle just one or two processes at a time. Uh, for example, we have a client who is really focusing on, on increasing the corporate income tax compliance. Uh, we have another one who has asked us, okay, how can I increase my tax six governance, uh, implement controls in order to ensure that I'm aware when a certain hallmark uh, is triggered. And, and so, so I guess the message is within this process, we always start with the discussion to identify again, what are the drivers, uh, what are the benefits you want to achieve, uh, what should the outcome be of the implementation of a tax control framework so we can really ring fence the project and decide on next steps um now okay as you say i need to 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 wrap up within this uh, one minute and and i do realize that it, it it's a complex topic and there's jo just so much to say about it i can imagine that that people still have many many questions so i would just say please reach out to us if you have any questions and and we are happy to uh, to talk thank you Annelies. and i think that was very well within the one minute so uh, uh very well done um with that i think we come to the end of this podcast and um i would like to thank everyone the listeners to tune in but especially martin Annelies, and nicolas for sharing their insights with this topic um i would uh, like to remember you that you can uh, subscribe for this podcast via apple spotify or google so you always have the latest edition at your fingertips and with that i thank you and i close this podcast